This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, my cat-loving friends. You know when you have a friend that comes to visit and you just want them to keep coming back? I think that explains Dr. Rachel Geller. And this is usually where I tell you all the stuff that she's doing, but she does too much. So I'll tell you all about that later. But she is a behaviorist like us. She's working on retention. And she started with Stacey Barron some new classes for surrender prevention, which we are super excited about. There's a book and all kinds of stuff we're going to talk about. So hang in. Right after we hear from the sponsored ad, we will be back. Linda, I love my cats, but I am so tired of lugging around those heavy boxes of litter. And and scooping every day, twice a day, on your knees. So what is the answer? Well, I've heard of this new company called Kitty Poo Club. Do you know about them? I have actually heard about them. They send you boxes to your home. So no hauling litter. The litter's in there. The boxes are recyclable. And they say one box should last one cat for an entire month. That's great, but what is the litter like? What if my cats don't like the type they send you? Ah, you can choose your type. We know we've got clients that are diehard clay and clients that are more, you know, working toward environmental friendliness. Of course. They have different kinds you can choose from and even different size boxes. You mean they've got one big enough for my 19-pound cat peanut butter? Peanut butter, yes. They have an (laughs) XL box just for peanut butter. Woohoo! He really needs that. He's got a big batukis. So how much does this cost? You know, if you get on their auto ship program, number one, you don't have to remember to buy anything. No more opening the cabinet and saying, "Uh uh-oh, we're out of litter. Oh, I do that a lot. But they will give you your first shipment at 25% off if you use the code 19CATS. And shipping is free. Oh, I love free shipping. Sign me me up. Yeah, no kidding. Just go to kittypooclub.com. Don't forget the code 19CATS and get on it. I think this is going to be great. I especially want to sign my elderly parents up. This is going to be awesome for them. I'm heading to that website right now. Thank you. Me too. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host, Linda Hall, here with the ever-gorgeous Eva, my BFF, Rhymers. She wants something when she's talking like that. Always. Even when I don't, I just say nice things to put them in a bank for when I do want I got something. it. Well, okay. I, have to, I have to correct you during your introduction. What? You said Dr. Rachel is a behaviorist like us. No. She oh, is yeah. an she's uber beyond. behaviorist. This she's is the, the truth. doctor for one thing. Yes. Let's go talk to her about what she's uh, into. Behavior behavior and retention, home education specialist, pet chaplain, fear-free shelter specialist, American Association of Feline Practitioners, cat-friendly veterinary advocate, and Red Rover reader. Okay, now so any time left to do the podcast? I don't know. No, (laughs) her list of accomplishments is. Oh, we're so happy to have you back. Yes, we love you. Plus, she's cute as a button. She's just cute. Definitely. (laughs) Okay. If you have, if you don't know who she is, be sure to go to her website, drrachelcatbehavior.com. 
My face is now the color of that red behind you, Rita. So. <laughs> it's all the truth. I mean, you got to hook up with her social media just to watch what she wears when she does events. Because, yeah, I mean, it, she can't be beat on her dressing. But, <laughs> so in addition to everything you're doing, and we fell in love with you I, for a million reasons, but we loved that it was cat behavior and retention. Yes. Because that really is what every behaviorist is trying to do, right? Is trying to fix the help fix the problem so that the cat can stay in the home. Or prevent so it in the first or place. Or prevent the cat. Yes. Yes. That too. But now you've moved on to surrender prevention. So we need to hear all about that. Well, I'm very excited to be here, you guys. So thank you for the return engagement. I'm thrilled. Our um, so, so surrender prevention, what is that? So at its roots, it's kind of um, getting shelters to think about cat behavior problems in a new way. So how it is right now in many shelters is somebody will get a call. My cat is peeing all over the house. My cat is shredding my couch and now it looks like confetti. I can't have this cat in my home. I need to surrender the cat. And immediately the people who answer the phone would be thinking, well, are we going to really be able to adopt out a peeing cat? Are we really going to be adopt out? be able to adopt out a, couch, a cat that pees here, that pees there, that scratches the couch. So many times the shelters will say we're full or we'll put you on a waiting list or something to that extent. They don't usually joyfully embrace bringing this cat with a behavior problem into the shelter because they know it's probably going to be a long-term stay. So now we're looking at a new perspective. What if when somebody calls the shelter and says, my cat is peeing all over the home, Somebody could be certified as a surrender prevention specialist and will be able to say to the caller, I'm so glad you called our shelter because we can help. What if we told you that completely free of charge, we will offer you cat behavior services so the cat can stay in the home? And most people do say yes, because they get to the point where they think that they've lost hope. They've probably tried things for many well-meaning friends and relatives. They've Googled things and... Now they've completely lost hope that this cat can never be a well-behaved member of their family. So they're they're at their last option. You know, now we have to surrender. But rather than a shelter being worried about, you know, can we really take a cat like this in and will will we be able to get it adopted out? We're now training people to be empathetic, to be understanding, and to guide that person through um, easy to implement solutions so the cat can stay in her home. I love this. It's parallel to a lot of what we try to do. We also hear a lot that we're the last hope. Often it's a spouse or a significant other that's pressuring the other person to fix the problem now or get rid of the cat. People wait a long time too. Do you not get clients calling saying the cat's been peeing on the floor? How long has this been going on? Five years? I have one that I'm working on right now. Why do they wait so long? It's like me and my hair. I just wake up one day and go, it must be cut now. It's like they just woke (laughs) up and said, I cannot clean up one more puddle of pee. I'm done now. And you fix this or else. Yeah. And that's the thing that whoever answers the phone at the shelter really needs to think about. And that's why part of my course is I really talk about empathy compassion and being non-judgmental because typically this has been a long road before the person gets to the point that they really need to surrender and they've probably tried a lot and they've been under pressure like you said from a friend a relative a husband a spouse girlfriend whatever it's been a long probably very bad road before they got to this point and none of us likes to be judged right but people will call and they'll say they want to surrender the cat we're 
immediately judging this person. And we don't really know the person. And the person is turning to us for help. And many people do get judgmental. And I get it. I get it. I do it myself. I just make sure I do it with my quiet voice and not with my <laughs> yes. outdoor voice. But we want to be empathetic. We want to sound like we really care. We want the we want that person to work with us, right? So we need to yes. be their ally. So we need to really develop a bond so the person is willing to give this a try. And so, you know, it's not only the cat behavior techniques, it's the empathy, it's the understanding, it's the way we talk to people. At the very, you know, so many times we think someone's going to surrender a cat doesn't care. But if you think about it, the person's not abandoning the cat. They're not sticking the cat outside. They at least want the cat to be someplace safe. They're choosing your shelter because they think this is a safe spot. So the person does have some level of care for the cat. It is hard. And there are just so many cats that need homes. And I said, we talked about that before we came in. I, I did the math. So this is not an exact number, but I took the estimate of how many cats, just cats are surrendered to uh, shelters every year, not rescues, not kicked out, just shelters. And then I took the percentage that they claim are surrendered for behavior issues, which we all know is low because there are a lot of cats being brought in as strays that are not strays. Yes. They were in their home. There was a problem. People don't want to pay the fee. So they say, oh, it's a or they're ashamed. So they're yeah, exactly. So they don't say anything. But the number I got, which again, we're saying is very low, is 134,400. So I have tried very hard to imagine in my head a space with 134,400 cats. I cannot. That's too many cats for my brain. But if we took all those cats out of the shelters, okay, even just, let's say, 100,000 out that could have been corrected by behavior, how many more resources do they have now? How many more warm beds do they have for the truly stray or feral yes. cat or or cat whose mama got killed by the road or whatever people pass, whatever that really need those spaces. Yeah. So I, I we're agree. doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree a million percent. You know, if a cat already has a home, let's keep that cat in her home because yes, as you said, that frees up a spot for a cat who truly is homeless, you know, is on the streets, is a stray. It's so important. I mean, we already have too many cats and not enough shelters. So let's keep the cats that can be, you know, helped in their homes. And it's interesting because I find that most people really do, you know, want to keep their cats. They've just gotten to that point where, you know, they just can't do it anymore. And they're really in crisis when they turn around and, and call a shelter. You know, they've really made that decision that they've lost hope and there's nothing they can do and the cat needs to go to a, a shelter. So you think about that first phone call and the person who's doing the intake, how important it is to listen, to yes. be compassionate, to show empathy, to say, I get it. Cat pee really is smelly. You know, be understanding. Yeah. Think about what they're saying and, and really be empathetic and really be caring. And I think that even just that piece of it is so important that, you know, ability to understand, not judge and kind of get that person on your side so that they're open to, to working with you in some way so they, that they can keep their cat. And the reason I like the surrender prevention idea too, is that you know, there are a lot of people who want to volunteer at shelters, but maybe they don't necessarily want to be at the shelter scooping poop. Or maybe someone else in the family is allergic, so that they're worried about um, bringing home like cat fur and dander sure, and right. so forth. Well, this is a way to volunteer for a shelter you can do from your own, from your own home. Yeah. So it's, it's a whole other way to volunteer. It's a whole other way to look at the process of surrendering. Like just because someone wants to surrender the cat doesn't mean we need to say, Okay, that's it. You, you, yes or no? You know, those are your oh, choices. Oh, for sure. Hey, let's fix this cat. I think 
so many people don't realize that many of these problems really are fixable and they really are solvable. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know we exist. They didn't yes. even know cow behaviorists exist. And we get yes. so many people who just burst into tears crying because they are so stressed and they want to keep the cat, but they don't know, like the gal we're going to talk to next that we met yesterday. Oh, she's in hell. Poor thing. Yeah, it's really, really difficult. The cat is keeping her up all night meowing. She literally, <laughs> and you know, whatever problem there is, you don't get sleep. It has just reached mass quantity, right? Like yeah. it is just, we can't deal now. She's just, yeah. and so often people unload their problem and it's a problem. I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this. Peeing outside the box, pooping outside the box, spray and fighting. Peeing outside the box, pooping outside the box, spray and fighting, you know. So and every once in a, a while, problem. excessive meowing. Yes, that, yes. Throw that in there too. Yeah. We get excited yeah. when we see it to something that isn't pee poop right. or, or, or fighting. <laughs> it's true. Um, right. You know, but then they'll tell us their problem and then they'll be like, wait. So, and we're like, okay, so I think, you know, a 60 minute would be great, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, wait, so this can be fixed? Right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. It, done it. Been there, done that 8,000 times over. So. I think that's the big thing, you know, yeah, people just don't, they think it's insurmountable. They do. They do. And I think a lot of it is because of this, a lot of misinformation out there. Yes. And, you know, people try different things that may or may not be very effective. And also I think people aren't always so, well, I've learned you really can't always trust a cat owner to identify the situation um, in a way that, in what's really going on. Like they'll just say my cat is aggressive or my cat's attacking me or my you know, my cat's not using the litter box on purpose. Cat peeing. Right. Oh, those revenge peers. We get a lot yeah. of yes. those revenge peers. They think spite and revenge and they're angry yes. at me or jealousy. None of those things exist for cats. They do not. You know, that's a big thing of what they do in surrender prevention is, is to assure people that cats don't think about right or wrong the way we do. Mm-hmm. So if your that cat is yes. not using the litter box, it's not because she's doing something bad or she has some moral defect. It's because there's some problem in her life about that box and she's trying to solve that problem as a cat, not yes. as a person. So yes. If your cat's afraid to go in the box and you have this lovely bed that's elevated, well, that's a great way for her to solve the problem because she has a nice field and she's not afraid to go there so it's kind of like doing a little bit of d- detective work to figure out why that cat's not going in the box but i always assure people that spite and revenge are qualities that we humans can proudly call our very exactly own. exactly yeah. there's no yeah. jealousy resource really, guarding is right. close to jealousy but it's not jealousy yeah everything they do is based on their need to sur- you know survive it's all survival. Right. yes right, right. and often we're just them. not listening to them right so one of my daughter's cats, Shadow, she gets bullied a lot and she has a lot of problems with pooping outside the box, usually right in front of the box, which we know means she wants to be in the box. I am not mad at this cat for what's going on. Well, for the longest time, there's a box in my bedroom behind me. She was pooping right beside the box. And I mean, we've been fighting this for months. I'm almost embarrassed to admit all this. So finally, the other day, I grabbed a box that was small that I had gotten for one of the kittens and, you know, never ended up using her, only used it a minute. And I set it next to the box. She's pooping in it. She's pooping in one and peeing in the other. This was not for whatever reason. Some cats do that. Separate potty. Yes. And I mean to tell you, you guys, we've been doing this for like six months, cleaning up (laughs) poop, getting unhappy. I'm a freaking behaviorist. I said another box. I, I stopped and I thought, because it was a conversation Rita and I had had years ago when I first had to put a box in my bedroom. And I said, I have not put I a remember. box in my bedroom. 
And she said, well, they're going to tell you where they want a box. So here are your choices. Clean up the poop or put in a box. That's on you, right? That's true. When you've got that many cats, you really have to spread out where the boxes are. So I thought, well, it can't hurt. The box is here. I've got litter. I'll stick it. Problem solved. Yeah. And that, to me, that's amazing of how many cats I've kept out of shelters and in their homes by simply saying, take the cover off the box. Yeah. Pull the box out from under the sink. Pull the box out from under the table. Then people are thinking, you know, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread because, you know, I solved their problem. And it was so easy to solve the problem. So, you know, even if people doing surrender prevention aren't full-blown, you know, behaviorists, they're going to have enough tools to kind of work with those more basic. Why. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really think because so many of these problems can be solved really with not doing anything overly major. So it's really important to have that first line of defense. Yeah. Those, you know, super simple are very rare, but I, I laugh to this day. Many years ago, my parents, my mother calls me from Florida. They wintered in Florida. They don't anymore. And she said, Linda, I'm scared. I'm scared your dad's going to throw this cat out. For whatever reason, Jazzy has decided to start peeing on our bed. Now they winter in one of those mobile home communities. So there's no washer and dryer in their trailer. Understand, and they're old and tired. And this is a real problem. So I said to her, has she been to the vet, vet recently? Yep, just a couple months ago. I said, okay, well, if we can't figure it out, she might, you know, maybe something bladder has ensued since then. But I said, did you change litters? Oh, yeah, we switched to one that's easier for your dad to carry. Yeah, put that back. Checks the bills <laughs> in the mail, right? Like, I want $500. Problem solve their problems. Solve and their if problems. people contact us with simple things like that, we're, we're just going to tell them, try this. If it doesn't work, call, you know, then exactly. Work a yes. Yes, yeah. I've had many yeah. call and their cats aren't neutered. And it's like, do me a favor, neuter the cat and then call me. <laughs> we may still have a problem, we might not. <laughs> we have to take a real quick break, but we'll be right back to talk more about surrender prevention. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with 19 Cats and Counting with my BFF, Linda Hall, and the possum, Dr. Rachel. We're talking about surrender prevention. Yes. So, yeah, you know, we were talking before the break about a couple of examples of really simple things. I wish they were all like that, right? We could write a book and be done with it. But, you know, obviously they're Move the box, the end. Exactly. (laughs) Move the box, the end. We did have one of those. Cat was peeing outside of the box, right in front of the box. On the window ledge. Can't imagine why. We're talking to her via Zoom and we watch the cat jump up in the window ledge. The box is right below the window. The tail starts thrashing. <laughs> like, oh, honey, you got strays outside. That's why your cat won't potty there. 
Fortunately, yeah. she had other problems to tackle because so, that one was like, gotta go. <laughs> it really helps if the person can get a visual of it does. the environment. It does. So is this going to be Zoom calls or phone calls or home visits? How's that going to happen? Yeah. So I'm helping people, you know, learn how to do this on like Zoom, Google Meet, FaceTime, because the reality is, you know, sometimes you do, but many times you can do this, you know, virtually and you can see enough of what's going on to solve the problem. So I do really encourage people to, in order to save more cats and in order to use your time more efficiently to, you know, work with via phone, email, you know, video, that type in of thing. Zoom, I don't know if you found this, Dr. Rachel, but first of all, when we go into someone's home, the cats usually hide. Even right. if they don't right. hide, they're not going to display their typical behavior no. because they're strangers present any more than kids will That's act right. normal when they're strangers present. Right. But via Zoom, we have caught mm-hmm. cat fights. We the litter box thing. I mean, you know, I don't know. They'll suddenly home. stop and they'll go, wait, something's brewing. And we go and watch <laughs> what's happening. Turn I love it, it. Turn it. We want to watch. Or yes, we love that. Yeah. So I think it's advantageous. I do too. And not only not only for that very, very important reason. But because sometimes cat owners, like I said, don't describe the problem accurately. So don't always assume that the way they're describing the problem is really what's actually happening. You know, I once had a client who told me that she was having problems with her cat because her cat was very unsocialized. So when I think of someone using the term unsocialized, I would think, you know, maybe feral, semi-feral, you know, cat maybe who um, was domesticated, you know, something along those lines. And then as we're talking about her about it more and we go on Zoom, she starts pointing out the litter box and how the cat is not going to the litter box. And then I realized she was like using unsocialized as sort of uncouth or- Oh, oh, okay. Like untrained or, yeah. He wasn't going to the litter box because he was unsocialized. He's a wild man cat. Yes. So it's really important sometimes to get that visual so you really know. And people do tend to use terms like aggression and attacking and often it's not aggression, often it's fear, and often it's yes. not attacking, often it's boredom. So getting that visual really helps you to, you know, tease all of this out. 100%. Sometimes it's rough play too. We've had people send yes. us videos yes. and Linda and I will look and go, I don't see a problem, do you? No. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we humans get in our own way too much. We're afraid of a fight, yeah. so we get in too quickly. And sometimes cats just have to set their boundaries. We get, yeah. they'll say, oh, she kept bugging at her. And finally she, she smacked him upside the head and we're like, good. And they're like, wait, no, did you not hear me? She smacked him up. Mm-hmm, that's awesome. Was there blood? Then that was a good thing. She was setting some boundaries. <laughs> and we don't want her attacking him out of nowhere. But if he's pestering her and she smacks him upside the head, good for her. Yeah, yeah, right? Right. We can get them through the fear. I have my boundaries too. I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I can smack somebody upside the head too. And <laughs> just, I, I have never seen a case of aggression bullying whatever that didn't come from fear yes i think from what we've seen that it's all fear some go fight some go flight yeah so once we get them over the fear though setting of the hierarchy that's up to them we can't do that for them that's right the one thing we can do is help the humans so the cats can have that hierarchy without the fighting you know vertical space cushions on top of storage containers repurpose the couch with a on the back you know really providing look around maybe there's some extra shelving in your house Unlike yes. mine is probably with all the cat paraphernalia, but right. chances are there is some extra shelving going on in most people's houses and they can put a cozy quilt there and create some vertical space. So, you know, 100%. Doing so 
the cats feel like they have a much bigger environment. And, and a lot of people think that a cat tree is just a cat tree or a vertical space is just vertical space, but it also gives the cats a way to communicate status without fighting. You know, the higher status cat can take the highest tier. Yes. And the status, right. So there are many roads to Mecca and that's what the surrender prevention is all I about. That. I love that. Well, Linda and I are looking forward to taking this class. That's for sure. Oh, so badly. Yes. We are going to take this class and we're going to use this because yeah, this is huge and it is hard on people. Even the people that we've talked to that are ready to surrender, there's pain there. There's no circumstance. Most of them don't want to do it. We've had a few that they came to us with their mind made up. That was the answer, but usually not. Right. I agree. Most people do want to keep their cats, but we're always going to have those ones that, you know, their mind is made up. We're always going to have those ones that maybe we really can't solve the problem. And that's why it's so important to have shelters, you know, who have space. And why it's so important what you're doing with your sanctuary so that there's another option for people who, who do care. You know, they want their cat to be someplace safe and they do care. So we need those shelter spots for cats who really do not have a home. And we need people like you who want to create sanctuaries to, you know, save even more cats. Well, people call us all the time. We've got at least three people right now that want us to take their cats so we there, yeah, don't have there, a place to put them. There are three local-ish cats to us yeah. that we could take easily. There are more, plenty more than that that yes. are in other I just other mean places three that and, really yes. want us. Like the guy whose wife died, right? He doesn't want the cats. Uh, yeah, That's not a behavior thing, but they need a place to go to. Yeah, but they also need someone understanding of their grief and what they're going through because this is where we, you know, they've lost mom and now they're gonna, you know, and that's that's what people are missing. Yes, and and I understand as well as anyone. I mean, in 2020, when we lost my son-in-law, you know, the ambulance took him away, and he was in a coma event for 26 days. So for 26 days, we've got four cats who adore their human daddy and don't know where he went. And then a few days after he dies, they get packed up and moved to grandma's house. Three of them had never been here. Three of them had never seen a dog. She's a chihuahua and is harmless, but they didn't didn't know that. that. But Um, still, The fourth, the tiger had been here before. So he was like, yeah, I'm cool with this. But the other three had not. The grief, the peeing, the spraying, my own cats, her cats. I gotta tell you, Dr. Rachel, I wanted to run away from home. I I mean, I remember I like could cry. One of her cats was very food obsessed from living out of dumpsters and would steal food right out of your mouth. I mean, we had a mountain to tackle all at once. No way to segregate them. It was ugly. I get everybody's feelings of giving up. I just knew I didn't have an option. Hey, but we did it and it went so well. She took in a 12th cat. So <laughs> that, that says anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> Stray in the backyard not spayed. Okay, fine. Bring her in. So yes, which is why we want the sanctuary and especially like the seniors and these cats that are so overlooked and, you know, like my FIV boy Kismet and, you know, the cats that people won't take. We want to give them a proper place. And once we get that established, we want to start taking some of these. Not a place with cages. No, no. A home. A a free range home as cats should be living. Yes. And yes. And that's why I think it's so important to have you know, the more intervention and tools that we have, the better. So you think about, you know, surrender prevention. If it, if we can keep that cat in the home, great. But then you have, you know, people who are moving and, and maybe the new apartment or wherever they're going does not accept pets. Or, or they're or maybe, going overseas. Or they're going overseas. Or maybe it's something really awful, like they've lost their job and they're moving in with their parents. Well, there's some things we really can't solve, right? Or, you know, so, and we want these cats to be well cared for, 
And the surrenderer often wants to know the cat's going to be cared for too. So, you know, these sanctuaries are just a vital need in the cat community right now that so we, we don't we don't have to euthanize or have cats needlessly suffer for problems that we for problems that we humans can be can solve. Exactly. Because a cat's acting like a cat. And I right. and I would also say, you know, even if you've had this conversation with someone who's going to surrender and they still surrender, if you hadn't had this empathetic conversation with them and given them the knowledge that they need, they probably most at least I would never adopt a cat again. I'd be like, that was a failure. That didn't happen. But after talking to you, maybe when I've grown a little and situations have changed, I could say, okay, let me give this another shot. Um, You know, we've had so many clients that are like, I've had cats for 60 years. Dexter's trying to eat my I don't understand what this cat is doing, right? Like, you know, what, who is this cat? I would also, and, and I would like to see us in this capacity to say, look, if the person does end up giving up the cat, I would like to donate my service for one consultation for free for whomever adopts the cat because they need to understand the problems that might come up. And that might make someone more willing to adopt. And we need to encourage people too, if they're going to go ahead and surrender because they've got those situations, need to be honest about the cat's temperament, personality, behavior issues, anything like that, so that we can work with the cats and make them adoptable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we always want to be empathetic and we always want to be understanding no matter what the situation is because like you said we never know down the year that their situation may change and they can't adopt a cat and they're going to feel more okay about doing that but just in general you know i'm strengthening community connections having people out there see that you're a really wonderful resource you know people talk so you no matter what the situation is you really want to do your best to be you know empathetic compassionate understanding and you know you don't want that person to feel like they're being judged or that you disapprove. I mean, that's just not going to be helpful at Mm. all. They're already judging themselves. How many times do we hear the word guilt in a day? It's crazy. I would also like to see rescues and shelters step up in this demand and and add some of the questions to those already long forms that no one wants to fill out when they have to adopt a cat because they leave out a lot of things like, for example, if you come home and fluffy pooped on your bed, how will you respond to that? (laughs) <laughs> because we get a lot of clients who think it's perfectly fine to rub Fluffy's nose in it like she's a dog from the 50s. Yeah. And, you know, I want to know what they'd say. And if you had a behavior problem, what would you do? Who would you come with? And then I'd like to see them staple cards to a behaviorist or print some information just as a suggestion to say, you know, here's one in case you can't find anybody. We just spoke to a lady in India that was like, there are no behaviorists here. There's no such thing here. We have we another can't. India coming up too. And the lady in Japan, she's um, oh, she's an expat. But um, there's nobody there either. We're finding a lot of people like that that are having to, which thank God for Zoom. But yeah. Yeah, thank God for Zoom. And thank God, you know, like I said, the the surrender prevention course can be taken anywhere at any time. So, you know, the last time I gave it, well, the first time I gave it, we had people on there from Hong Kong, from Italy, from Morocco, like just people all over the world. So if you think about it, you know, the more we can get people educated and become certified and have the tools to keep the cat in their homes, the better we're all going to be because the three of us can't do this on our own. So oh, for sure, people out there who can really be that first line of defense, they're really going to be able to help the cats, you know, remain where they are with, like I said, you know, solutions and, and techniques. And the other thing that I think I really emphasize in my course is how important it is to find out realistically, you guys were just mentioning this before, 
what are the client's financial limitations, time limitations, patience limitations? You know, we go, we talk about being honest. You know, some people, they've already spent a lot of money and they bought their fourth couch or, you know, maybe they're low income. They're not going to want to spend money, you know, on, on cat behavior help. So some people will say, I'm not spending another dime on this cat. Some people will say, pie in the sky. I want this to work. Whatever you tell oh, me. Oh, yes. We do buy. get those. We've we got those people. Yeah. I'll do anything to help my cat. I don't care what it costs. And some people have time limitations. I have two weeks to fix this problem. Some people have patience limitations. So it's really important to ask a lot of questions and find out what that person's limitations are. Because if they can't afford, you know, if they're low income or they don't have a lot of money or they're frustrated because they've already spent a lot of money, they're not going to like be dashing out to buy a giant cat tree or window purchase. So maybe work with these people and suggest other things that are low cost or no cost. I was talking about before, well, let's use existing things in your home to repurpose space. We talk about that a lot. Yes. We treat all of our clients like they live on our budget. So, you know, whether they do or not, if they want to upgrade, that's fine. So before we run out of time, I want to talk about your book, which I haven't gotten yet, but I'm going to. We need to wrap. We need to wrap shortly. So let's talk about the book and also how people can take that course. So the book is called Saving the World One Cat at a Time. And it's a little bit of an instructional memoir is how I like to refer to it. I talk a little bit about my story and how I got to this point where I spend a lot of time talking about poop and pee. But there's also a section of the book where I give solutions and techniques for people who are having problems with their cats, you know, just the basics. But the reason I wrote the book is, well, I wanted to help people, but I also wanted to really help people. So I use it as a fundraiser. And what I do is I donate 100% of the proceeds from my book to different um, causes, different shelters, different animal welfare organizations. And I will be donating 100% of the proceeds from my book during some period of time to the Cat Behavior Alliance and 19 Cats and Counting. So I'm really excited to have that honor and to have that privilege because I know everything you guys are doing is so important and so needed. And especially, especially this sanctuary that you're working on, it's so needed. We have way too many cats and not enough shelters. And so Linda and Rita, we need you guys to have that sanctuary. And I and I want to be part of that. So oh, you. I can't so thank you enough. I can't thank you no, enough. That's so generous of you. We've been wanting to do this for years, Linda and I. And then there was a rescue where I got two of my cats in, in the local area in, in North yes, Carolina that had to relocate for a lot of reasons. And they have got the most amazing retirement community. There's Sun City. Sun that City. And shout out to our Sun City ladies who all volunteered there. And they're aching. They're like, open the sanctuary. We want to volunteer. We just got to buy the land and make yeah. the building, right? These, like, these ladies and gentlemen, they're so active in the pet community and they volunteer at the shelters. I just can't wait till we have a place for them to come and help us with our kitties. Yes, yeah. it's just getting this stuff on. It's such a necessary thing. And, you know, I feel like the sanctuary that you guys are talking about, where you're really going to accept, you know, any cat who really needs help is such, it's such a beautiful thing to do to really, you know, you're you're not going to say, oh, that cat pees. I'm not taking the cat. You're not going to say, oh, oh that no. Those are the cats we're purposely taking. I have a dream right, of walking right. into 10 different shelters and going to who's been there the longest and who's right. unadoptable. Yep. Put them in this carrier. No, exactly. I don't want to see them. No, I've I don't care that. if they're male or female. Just I've actually done that. I know. That. I know no, I have. love that. I love that you guys are going to take, you know, cats who are neglected and give them care. 
cats who have been abused and give them love. I mean, you're go- you guys are going to take sad cats and make them happy. And that's, that's what it's goal. all that's about. That's the goal. That's the goal. And that's yeah. what we've seen so many times. And it's basically what we're doing in our homes. No one has 12 and 15 cats on no. purpose, people. Yeah, you know, you get that call and it's going to be euthanized or it's, uh, it's being it overlooked for some ridiculous reason. And oh, yeah, I, I we can't do it alone. Yeah, I said before we came on here, my Chewy bill is more than my mortgage, people, which is why I cannot keep taking in cats. That, and I keep making a joke that if I bring in a 13th cat, my husband will divorce me. I don't think he really will, but he'll certainly make my life uncomfortable. I think my parents will cart me off to the insane asylum if I go back to 20. (laughs) Yeah, fundraising is just a really necessary piece. It is. This whole thing that we're all doing, and I know it can be hard to ask for money, but I feel like a lot of people are good with buying a book. You know, they get something, they can pass it on. It's a gift. They're getting something and then that money will go directly to you. And, you know, so we'll keep on saving all those cats, which is, which is why yes. we're here. And they'll get this education that'll help them with their cats. And yes. again, where can they take that course? Oh, yes. Where do they sign up? Okay. So the course is given through Community Cats Podcast. So the website is communitycatspodcast.com. And right on the landing page, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see upcoming events. Click on that and you're on the way. And if you can't come at the time and date that it's happening, register anyway, because you get a full year, um, full year's access to those recordings. So you can take the course on your own, you know, time constraints, whatever works out out best for you. Take the quiz and become certified as a surrender prevention specialist and be part part of the solution. And, and, and how much is the course? We'll be doing that. How much is the course? If anyone's wondering, the course is ten dollars. It's um, such a bargain. Very, very Give up a Starbucks place. and learn how to help cats, right? Yes. Like that's really ten dollars. Yeah, that's really something. It's really very, very affordable. If you really can't afford the ten dollars, I know that the Community Cats podcast does have scholarships, scholarships. and grants. But I think probably most people can afford the ten dollars, and so, you know, yeah, take the course. Be part of the solution. Be part of what we are trying to do. And we we all need to work together here to get these cats. um, And then you can go out and help your local shelters. Yes. Yes. Imagine what you can do to help people again from home. There's so many people since COVID that are not wanting to be around other people. And, um, you know, this is a way that you can help out. Now, where do they find the book? That's not on communitycatspodcast.com, correct? It's on on your website, correct? It's on my website, which is drrachelcatbehavior.com. And there's a tab that says buy the book. Okay. Click on that and you're on your way. All right. Awesome. That way they can get that education. Because believe me, like I said, we've had people come to us 70 years old that have had cats their entire lives. And then they got the one cat that had anxiety or past abuse. And they're like, I really thought I knew cat. How many times have you that? I, I, I know cat. I've had a million cats. What yes. is this? This is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that all the time as well. Yes. And, you know, you get that one cat who is a problem cat or is presenting things that people aren't used to seeing. And, you know, they get nervous, they get upset, they're not sure they can handle it. And that's why we're here. Well, let's get those numbers down in the shelters. Let's help more cats stay in their home and please help us build our sanctuary dream. So we have a place to put these kitties. We can work with them. This book and help yourself and help us too. And Dr. Rachel, I cannot thank you enough. Every time I hear your name, you are evolving into another area. I don't know how you've spread yourself so thin. Maybe that's why she's so tiny. But um, you are doing so much good in so many places. And we just, there are no words. So I'll just leave it there. 
Linda did well, the thank, thank you, you for, for me. She, she, I'm speechless. So thank I, you yeah, for putting it so eloquently. Dr. Rachel can't thank you enough. Well, thank you guys too. Yeah. You know, we're all on the same path to the That's same. That's right. Yep, same journey. And of course, we have to thank Mark Winter for giving us this spot on Pet Life Radio so we can reach so many people. Yes, yes. Such a good man. We'll be uh, publishing the websites when we publish the uh, radio show and the video version. So you'll be able to go sign up for the course and we'll let you know the dates of the fundraiser. Yes. Excellent. Onward and upward. Yes. (laughs) All right. And just remember, every day is Catterday. We'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.